Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hey there, man. And hanging out with Fernando. How you boys doing? Hi, Ben. Hi, Travis. Hey, Fernando. We got all the highs out of the way. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We are slightly sad, however, because this week... <sighs> We lost two of our big boys. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite big boys. Life with Louie, not anymore. Louie Anderson Aww. is dead. And do you know who else died? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. <sighs> Can you believe it? Louie Anderson truly could not live without Meatloaf. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and I just want to say, RIP, we're losing a lot of the celebrities we grew up with. To be fair, Meatloaf, he was a bit of a curmudgeon. Mm. That's the way he always was. Of course, he sang musical theater. He might be a little bitchy on Saturdays. Who knows? He said, I ain't going to get the vaccine. And if I die, I die. And he did. He said, uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't get vaxxed. Okay. And he, so he did die. And that'll happen. And that's his personal choice. And that's his right to die as a, as a cheese and pasta and a little bit of sausage and a little mm. marinara loving Ooh. American mm. meatloaf. Louis Anderson, however, uh, it was not COVID related. It was on account of his massive, massive inability to stay healthy. So uh, there you go. I thought it was cancer. It may have been mm-hmm. the it big was, C. Yeah, it was cancer. Was it cancer? Yeah. Yes. Complications from cancer. Well, I talk about this sometimes on the live show. You know, sometimes cancer kills somebody you hate. And then you're <laughs> like, today, cancer, you're cool. Like when it killed Rush Limbaugh. Uh, but today, cancer mm, killing Louie? Mm-hmm. Come on, cancer. Oh, Hasn't wow. the guy had enough? Anyway, what a fun way to start. Well, speaking <laughs> of uh, cancer, speaking of health, let's start with diabetes and M&Ms. Oh. M&Ms. Oh. So it's a sugary treat for everyone everyone loves m&ms they melt in your mouth not in your hands although they do melt in your hands and they also melt in your car they'll melt anywhere they'll melt anywhere we've all learned that (laughs) they're chocolate but apparently the mars company they have said that m&ms they're not inclusive enough and so m&ms are now going to become more inclusive they're chocolate and they're not real but somehow they are going to be more inclusive do i think m&ms need to be in this fight or is this just a massive slap in the face to everyone who is currently incarcerated because of horrible horrible criminal criminal justice laws in this country but it's okay 
Just because you were framed for a crime you didn't commit by an author who ended up make, writing a book and making a movie about it and you were in prison for a rape <sighs> that you didn't commit for almost 30 years, that's fine. M&M's is becoming more inclusive. Oh, oh, wow. So don't worry about it. Uh, the candy is uh, now going to be uh, committed, quote, to a global commitment to creating a world where everyone feels they belong and society is inclusive. So, Fernando, you're Hispanic. <laughs> Can you really? Yeah. Whoa. Can you, do you, are you going to go and get? M&M's now? Are you going to go get all your M&M's now so you can slowly die? It's also like not a good product to be like, no, we want to make sure everyone has high blood pressure. It's inclusive. (laughs) You know, when I as a kid, when I looked at a bag of M&M's, Ben, and I didn't see myself in that bag. But now (laughs) when I look in the bag of M&M's, I'm going to, I guess, reflect on one of the little M&M characters seeming more Latino than the rest. There hasn't been. Oh, man. Now I'm going to be. Remember last episode we talked about Donald Trump. If you're white, you go to the back of the line. Where's the white M&M? Where's the white M&M? Where's the white M&M? Joe Rogan here. Where's the white M&M? I'm sitting here looking at a picture of, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of the old and new M&Ms. And the only difference I see is their shoes. They have shoes. Well, they changed the shoe style. Oh, so now like one of them has like high top Nikes. That's inclusive. That's inclusive. (laughs) I wear high top Nikes. That makes me feel seen. There you go. Also, the idea of being seen. You know, as a really tall guy, sometimes I don't want to be. I wish I could be left. What about the ability to be left the frick alone? That's exactly what I was Mm. saying. Like, not everything needs to have a. Not, you don't need to put a Hispanic spin or a, like, you know, whatever hyphenated American spin on everything. We can just enjoy M&M's sometimes. Well, the green M&M, previously <laughs> seen in ads posing seductively Whoa. and strutting herself with the white go-go boots, mm. she, apparently the green M&M is a lady. The green is my favorite color. <laughs> apparently she will now have a pair of sneakers instead of go-go boots. Oh. But what about the people who wore go-go boots now are they not invisible <laughs> yeah wait a minute what about a nice male m&m who's green and he wears flip-flops and has dreadlocks that's how i identify you oh know, that would be nice fun green m&m so now the green candy m&m's website says she enjoys quote being a hype women for all her friends so <sighs> so she has to wear sneakers and then she has to tell everyone how great her friends are which sounds like the plight of most black women, and I don't think they like it. I'm pretty sure she should take some credit for all of the hard work that she does, not be a hype woman for others. Mm. How did they mess that up? This is why I only eat Skittles, Ben. I'm going to go burn all my bags of M&Ms, and I bet you (laughs) they'll melt in that fire. But anyway, being the hype woman for the green M&M, I guess that's what they saw as representation for the green community. So a green M&M, uh, uh, according to a spokesperson, they say, I think we all win when we see more women in leading roles. It's mm. an M&M. Uh, and then she go, they go on to say, I'm so happy to take to take on the part of supported. <laughs> this sucks. So this is according to the green M&M. Oh, right, right. This yes. is coming yes. from the mouth of a green chocolate-filled sugar-coated Candy. She was on fresh air, Ben. Well, the people who consume (laughs) mass quantities need to be on fresh air, a.k.a. in oxygen tank. (laughs) 
So this is what she says as the green M&M. I think we all win when we see more women in leading roles. So I'm happy to take on the part of supportive friend when they succeed. Oh, interesting. Isn't that so, – because am I – okay, well. hold on. For those listening, please, I'm sure, or maybe if people are shouting at me. They were trying to say the green M&M is a black woman, right? Something. Is that what they're trying they, to say? I, I, they're trying to say that there's – that the green and the brown they, – they, I don't – I'm lost. I am so confused and so lost. So the green week. M&M is – they said that I don't – isn't – don't – we talk about like the Democratic Party. It literally is. Black women are the reason the Democratic Party does as well as it does right. and it's barely doing right. well at all in many cases. Although, of course, they have the House and the Senate and the White House right now which is probably why people uh, want a little bit more from them. <sighs> but it seems like the green M&M is supposed to represent the black female identity. And I just don't by being supportive. But again, isn't uh, okay. Sometimes someone who is super supportive of their friends would also like their friends to be supportive of them. And then maybe they could also take the spotlight every now and again. <sighs> anyway, um, the brown M&M, they are described, the motto of the brown M&M is, do you want, do you want it is? Oh my God. <laughs> not bossy, just boss. Oh my God. So the brown M&M is not what? bossy, just boss, Wait which I minute. think is some other weird stereotype. Yeah. So is the inclusivity more towards women? Of I, What is the goal? Who, who yeah. is the audience of this? Is I didn't know stereotypes equaled inclusivity <laughs> i don't know so the mars company again a company that has more death on its hand than the sackler family oh, if you take well, into yeah. account obesity and food deserts and the you're, sad thing go on travis no you're absolutely right we covered on the last show that nazis live on mars apparently nazis also work at the mars company well they very well may because it <laughs> seems like someone who has no experience with other people are coming up with these horrible ideas when it comes to the personality-based decision-making of their chocolatey candy. Oh so God. Mars said in an announcement that they're going to refresh the M&Ms, which were first released in 1941. Coincidence. Oh. Uh, they say, quote, an updated tone of voice that is more inclusive, welcoming, and unifying, while remaining rooted in our signature jester, wit, and humor. Hmm. <laughs> and they gave the orange M&M mental health issues. What is happening? I don't want a crazy Eminem. No. I also, that's fun. what is it suicidal? What's happening with this? He has acknowledged his anxiety and has learned to embrace his true self, worries, and all. It's because he's created to be consumed. He's on death. <gasps> oh, he's yes. immediately there to be he's consumed. Totally and aware. Of course. I don't want a sentient Eminem. I already feel bad enough eating chicken. I'm trying to wean myself off of ham. And now all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be concerned about a chocolatey treat that now has. <laughs> Feelings as if they're children. <laughs> Don't eat me, Ben, please. Shut up, Eminem. I can't deal with this. How stoned have I become? <laughs> Catherine Slight, Mars Wrigley Chief Growth Officer, said in a statement, as one of the world's most iconic candy brands, who better to commit to a world of more moments of fun by increasing a sense of belonging around the globe than Eminem's? So there you go. Um, Eminem's. You can eat it guilt-free now. <laughs> was anybody going to the store and be like, I was going to buy M&M's, but I was like, they're such bigots that I had to go yeah. with runs. Mm -hmm. What is happening? How was, we are like, 
this just we're going to talk about voting rights here in a second because that's actually serious. Right. No person of color, no black person, no. I, I'm just going to even say pink person. Right. Whatever. No one wants this. Nobody cares about Eminem's idea of inclusion because they're freaking candies. And have we gotten that far off course in our political discourse that we all can't agree that candy is apolitical? Uh, uh, no. Also, Mars, <laughs> God knows what this company does for the world. Oh, man. God knows the atrocious things that have happened in the sugar wars Absolutely. of Central America. Oh, Lord. Chocolate yeah. and sugar. You look at Hershey. Exactly. I mean, of yep. course. Yep. You look at Nestle buying up all the water in California and then selling Absolutely. it back to them. Exactly. Finally, we got the water back from Nestle. So it just seems like M&M's is trying to put on a happy face, but in the background, it is nonstop destruction, but at the very least, the green M&M has nicer shoes now. Or uh, not. <laughs> I yeah. actually think go-go oh, yeah, boots are nicer exactly. than sneakers. What's wrong with her owning her sexiness in go-go boots? I don't know. You got to make her a working class? I don't know. The brown M&M, not bossy. Just boss. Uh, And I bet the blue M&M is going to be a Democrat and the red M&M is going to be a Trump-loving Republican. (laughs) Whoa. Make America chocolate again. What about her emails? Uh, Travis, you mentioned how you might have to move on to Skittles. Unfortunately, Skittles also owned by Mars. Uh, Damn it. They've got me. But also, but what else is, but what else is owned by Mars? Uh, Fernando, apparently a bunch of child slaves. Yeah. So is it possible that the Mars Corporation, Nestle and Hershey, maybe they're just trying to cover up the fact that they use children to mm-hmm. create their coca? Right. Uh, what is happening Yikes. with Kellogg's right now with uh, removing the branding off of Pop-Tarts? I mean, they could basically be getting ahead of a giant PR nightmare by mm. just kind of laying it, laying down some framework. All right. So what's going on in this case? Well, apparently the international rights advocates, uh, the IRA, they have filed a suit against Nestle, Cargill, Barry Calibut, Mars, Olam, Hershey, and Mandalas. Mandalas, which Mondelez. we've heard a lot about here in the U.S. because of the the uh, strikes. Remember? Oh, that was the, all them. That was all the same company. Interesting. Well, they've been named as defendants in a lawsuit in Washington, D.C. from the aforementioned IRA, International Rights Advocates. That is on behalf, the lawsuit is on behalf of eight former child slaves who said they were forced to work without pay on coca plantations in Western Africa. Um, So this is extremely new. This is not something coming from, you know, 1830, 1760, this is happening right now. Slave Mm -hmm. labor still exists in this country or in this world, rather, and this country benefits from it. Many countries benefit from slave labor to this very day. We cannot lose sight of that, despite the fact that M&Ms, again, made their fake candy a little bit more saucy to relate to the youth. So there's some (laughs) stories like this. Don't let all of this superficial nonsense get in the way of the fact that these companies that portray themselves as, you know, nothing but good times and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Really, there's a lot. Uh, we hear about blood diamonds, Truly. but there is also a lot of blood when it comes to the production of chocolate. Ivory Coast produces about 45 percent of the global supply of coca, a core ingredient to chocolate. The production of coca in West Africa has long been linked to human rights abuses, structural poverty, low pay, and child labor. But don't forget 
the brown M&M is not bossy. (laughs) They are boss. (laughs) Oh, man. Isn't that nice? Um, The lawsuit says that these companies knowingly profited from illegal work of children, from children. Uh, The lawsuit also accuses the companies whose industry body is the World Coca Foundation of actively misleading the public in the voluntary 2001 Harkin-Engel protocol. Mm. Um, And they talk about some of the worst forms of child labor that has been seen in the world in the past 30, 40 years. So let's not forget that. And uh, perhaps they should address those issues again before they go and change the shoes of a non-sentient sugary treat. So there you go. Something important to remember. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, well, let's move on from M&M's. Let's move on from something sweet and talk about something salty. Voting rights, where are they? When will we get them? I think we deserve them. It seems as if they're always on the political chopping block. The idea that uh, the election was stolen in 2020, we all know Mm -hmm. it is false. And if there's any voter fraud, it seems to be coming from within the White House that was in charge (laughs) in the early parts of 2020. But let's talk about how this has been used politically. It seems as if Republicans, as of course, the Democrats can't pass voting rights, despite the fact, again, they have the House, they have the Senate, and they have the White House. People would really like to see voting rights passed in this country, the pendulum seems to be swinging the other direction. And this gets really extreme in my personal opinion, and we'll talk about it. Ron DeSantis, of course, he's the governor uh, there in Florida. He has become the first to propose a voting rights police force. Um, The proposal is concerned voting rights advocates, local election officials, and Democrats who fear the scope of this police force's new mandate could lead to voter intimidation. If approved, the new office would have 52 members, uh, including 20 sworn police officers, to, quote, investigate, detect, apprehend, and arrest anyone for an alleged violation. This is according to Brad Ashwell, the Florida State Director of Voting Rights. Uh, He says they don't have a lot of safeguards to keep this from being politicized and weaponized. All right. Why is it that we have people who in elected office, maybe this is an ignorant question, who feel as if more people voting means less chance of them getting reelected? Does DeSantis know, does he understand then that some of his policies that he's put forth in Florida 
have not been met with the kindest uh, opinion. And because of that, does he want to strip people from the right of, you know, from the right to vote? I just don't understand why this notion that people have it too easy to vote has been able to take hold in this country when it is just so obviously not the case. So DeSantis, there's another dude, David Perdue, who has also said he's in favor of a police force hmm. that would hang out, I guess, near um, you know voting centers. This just reeks to me of 1900s. This reeks to me of voter suppression in the, in the highest form. All of a sudden, you've got a bunch of people there taking notes on who was in line. Perhaps they figure out who they voted for or they assume mm-hmm. who they voted for based on you know, stereotypical, superficial reasoning. What do you guys think? At, at, do we need a poli- another freaking police force <laughs> to work with voter fraud or the lack thereof? Right. Lack thereof is are the key words there. Because, I mean, in Ron DeSantis's case, especially in Florida, I mean, Trump won. Trump won Florida, right? Right. And it's the same thing happening here in Ohio. The Republican Party in charge here in Ohio is also trying to make it harder for people to vote. So you're absolutely right. There's this idea that seems to float around Republican politician minds and certainly conservative-minded voters that it's too easy to vote. And by passing these uh, essentially election fraud task forces to protect the integrity of the vote, it really just means they're, again, like you said, putting in more and more placeholders, making it harder for certain people to vote. And that is the key word here. And you can, you're absolutely right. It's unprecedented because there's no need for it. In most of these states, Ohio went for Trump. Florida went for Trump. Um, you can even see in Georgia's case, David Perdue, he's, remember, he's Donald Trump's pick to try and primary Brian Kemp for governor there. Right. So that's why he's selling it. Certainly, we've already seen, though, that the Republicans in charge who got in trouble <laughs> by Trump over the 2020 results, they've also already put through more and more laws, making it harder to vote. And like you, like we pointed out on this show, making it harder to help people to vote, right? Not giving them water and snacks while they're in line for four or six hours and things like that. So unprecedented, uncalled for, unnecessary, but also from the Republicans, unsurprising. And undemocratic. Also, when it comes to the tangible vote, we're just talking about people waiting in line, going, Mm -hmm. marking the box. But then you have the behind the scenes corruption. And that's where Rudy Giuliani's name has just been. He's the tennis ball in this court. I mean, this thing, he's getting he's getting whapped around all over the place. And rightfully so. Evidently, Giuliani led a plot to create fake electors in 2020, which when we talk about voter fraud, this is like next freaking level. He's been dipped in the ooze. This man is now super shredder. This is the issue. This is the story. People in charge actively trying to alter the vote. That's a story. This idea that people wait in line and go and cast a vote, maybe they'll cast another one, which happened a lot when it comes to Trump supporters. We heard stories. There was a story where a man got his ex or his deceased wife's mail-in ballot. He filled that out for Trump. He also filled out his own ballot for Trump. He has later apologized. Uh, You know, these stories do happen. Uh, There was another man in New Mexico who um, he signed a bogus electoral certificate. 
Um, and he has like no regrets over it whatsoever. There was another dude in Houston. And I think this story is more indicative of what Republicans would like to say. Exactly. Uh, is voter fraud. But this is the most innocent one out of all of them. Again, if you just you know look up the, the history of voter fraud or voting more than once, it seems as if uh, the Trumpers really were the ones who were much more likely to do that. But anyway, I don't want to cast wide nets. This story breaks my heart. There was a Houston man. He waited six hours mm-hmm. in line to vote, right? Six freaking hours. He obviously cared. How many people in the suburbs would wait six minutes, right. let alone six <laughs> hours? They would right. immediately start complaining. They would be like Caitlyn Jenner bitching about the homeless man sleeping outside <laughs> her mansion. Right. <laughs> they would sound totally out of freaking touch. A Houston man, he spent six hours in line to vote uh, in the Democratic presidential primary. That's how much this man cared. Now, he was arrested because he was on parole. His name is Hervis Rogers. Uh, he became the overnight face of Texas's battle for voting access when he emerged from a polling center at the historically black college at around 1.30 in the morning. Wow. Rogers told reporters, the way it's set up, it was like it was set up for me to walk away. However, he did not. But he was arrested this week on two counts, or this was this was previous, so this was, he was arrested on two counts of illegal voting, a second-degree felony that carries a possible sentence of two to 20 years in prison. Mm. His bail was set at $100,000. Wow. Jeez. Literally, we had people actively, publicly attempting to overthrow an election, mm-hmm. and they're just fine. Right. <laughs> I mean, MSNBC can have CNN can have every story, but the walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. I think Giuliani and Trump are just getting fatter. <laughs> lack thereof is the magical phrase used earlier for me. Lack thereof evidence and lack thereof reasoning for any of the what Governor DeSantis is doing and what the maybe the Republican, the right, tends also, to really The dude on. was on freaking parole. He's trying to get back into society. Exactly. How else right. are they going to do it? And again, he waited six hours until almost two o'clock in the freaking morning. I can tell you one thing. I would not have waited uh, because I don't, I don't have the same conviction that he does about democracy. So this man, he obviously understands how important voting is. He's been a ward of the state for God knows how long, and he understands how much the state needs to be changed. So Andre Segura, he's an attorney for the ACLU of Texas. He's representing Rogers. Uh, he said that this case draws comparisons to Crystal Mason, a Fort Worth woman who was sentenced to five years in prison for casting a provisional ballot while on probation in 2016. She said she didn't know she couldn't. Segura says Mr. Rogers made headlines after waiting hours for what he thought was his civic duty and was very proud of that. We shouldn't be prosecuting people for innocent mistakes. Right. Yeah. For voting. I mean, it's just insane, the idea that voting is too easy in this country. And the fact of the matter is the people that want you to believe that it is are simply trying to stifle a group of people that they don't think are going to benefit them politically. And it's just devastating. It's not statistically significant either. No. There, there's a two or three, even if these were all legitimate, you know, these are, they, they were, the three cases of voter fraud are not statistically significant in literally millions 
of votes that were cast. So it's just literally wasting 5.7 million of uh, Florida mm-hmm. taxpayers' dollars. Well, we can see in that example, too, with that man in Houston, it becomes a criminal justice issue as well then, doesn't right. it? Right? You get a $100,000 bail. Now you're just stuck in a legal limbo for who knows how long. And right. so it's that's kind of the thing as well, right? Creating more laws so more people get caught breaking them. That's Absolute. what I smell from this election task force. Absolutely. That's a great point when it comes to criminal justice reform. And now, of course, recidivism. There's a reason the rate is so high in this country, because that man who had the dastardly idea to, to wait <laughs> six hours in line to go vote for someone. That man is now going to go back and make money um, for the prison industrial complex. Interestingly enough, Republican uh, representative, Texas representative, Ronnie Jackson, you guys remember Ronnie Jackson? Hmm. He was the doctor. He was the doctor for both Obama and Trump. Uh, so he has now been elected. He's uh, elected to the house of representatives again in Texas. Hmm. This is what he had to say. And again, the straw man argument, the argument of always blaming others for the problems that we're currently facing. It's not real. And again, it's just politically something that Ronnie Jackson thinks is beneficial. This is what he tweeted. In 2022, illegal immigrants will have more freedoms <laughs> and easier access to health care and ballot access than most Americans. Just think about that. Well, I, I did just think know. about it, and you're <laughs> it fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like you're wrong. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? What do you guys think when it comes to voting rights, criminal justice reform, criminal injustice reform, and, of course, illegal immigration? It all comes together because the illegal immigration conversation and illegal voting, that seems to go hand in hand. And again, that's a double scare punch for certain people in this country. Obviously, a person without a social security number, a person in a documented immigrant here. More freedoms. V- voting off the grid. That what <laughs> voting would mean for them two to 20 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. There is no reason why an undocumented immigrant would ever want to vote. And there is there is they do not have access to free health care. They do not have access to better health care. I, I, you want to prove it? Go to a hospital. Go to any Walmart or CVS. Ask how many legal immigrants are coming in and getting free medicine or getting free doctor's visits. Zero. Wow. Yep. Right. Well, and like we pointed out, there, I think there was like 40 instances of voter fraud, like the ones we've been talking about, where one person goes in and tries to vote more than once. And again, I know you don't like to cast a wide net, Ben, but the mm-hmm. majority of those in 2020 were just Trumpers trying to prove that they could double vote to show that that is what them liberals were doing. And it's I just vote not my, true. I vote for my, with my left boob <laughs> and my right boob. And that is oh, two votes. Well, then you just get on back in there. And I'm going to vote for the orange boob. But then there you go. This is the precedent then that all these Republican lawmakers and secretaries of states and governors are trying to use to make it harder to vote. And that speaks to the urgency of the Voting Rights Act, the John Lewis legislation that Biden Mm -hmm. and the Democrats are trying to get through the Senate because you have this impending battle that's about to happen. As soon as all these laws go into effect in all of these states where they're being passed – then there will be no more chance for the Democrats to take back places like the Senate. 
and the house. And in this country where it seems like more and more people just love snitching on their neighbor, I can just see the line. <laughs> that is a... Are you documented, sir? Are you, sir? Where's your papers, sir? Where are your papers, please? I don't like the where are your papers, please, whatever it may be, whatever context it is. When I hear where are your papers, please, it sends a chilling effect down my German spine. So don't you think, (laughs) Fernando, if you're, if, as you said perfectly, by the way, undocumented people are not going to official state houses or (laughs) places where they can be detained immediately. They're like, they're going to try to avoid it. Right. But I think that point is so valid um, when it comes to people just calling out other people now and pretending oh, – just, again, the snitch-like culture that is created by bills like in Texas with mm-hmm. the abortion ban, mm-hmm. where if you're an Uber driver and you drive someone to a, an abortion facility or a facility that uh, that performs abortions and then you got a, 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 you know, a straw up your ass and you're like, I'm going to report them. Meanwhile, she may have just been going in for – I don't know, a random massage. I have no uh, idea yeah, what the medical treatment medical is in this checkup, world. Period. Whatever. Right. But that hmm. kind of snitch, like um, the normalization of like snitching or ratting on your neighbor, it's really bad and it's extremely dangerous and it's going to have a chilling effect when it comes to the people who can legally vote in this country because they might just not want to deal with all the bullshit. That's what I'm trying to understand, especially with, uh, you know, DeSantis's uh, police elect- electoral police. Who are they going to stop? Like, if it's me and you in line. They ain't stop. Adam, well, yeah. maybe they'll stop me yeah. just because, uh, you know, I'll be strapped with T. <laughs> what is it? T4? You know, yeah, TNT, <laughs> whatever. But if it's me, you and Travis in line to vote, who are they going to ask about? Are you here legitimately? Can right. you actually vote? I mean, who are they going to target? Well, thankfully, Fernando, if you are with me. I'm going to say he's with me. I'm not going to be voting, Ben, because I can't. And I'm not going to risk a $100,000 fine for it. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, again, it, it, there's no way that there isn't race and there isn't class Absolutely. tied into these voting kind of ephemeral rules they're trying to place on it. What was mm-hmm. that word? And- Ephemeral. Ephemeral. I like it. Ooh. Now that's a fancy word right no, here on Ambling Stomp. That's a fancy it. word. And let me just throw out there's no reason to uh, policeify, to militarize any of this. We no. have election observers. Absolutely. They're in every state, they're in every county. If you work with a political party, they usually have like each one person from each political party overwatch all the county of the votes. Our American representative democracy has, you know, it's not perfect, um, but it's been very safe and it's been uh, full of integrity for at least a few decades, you know, since uh, I'd say since Lyndon Johnson signed the uh, the the Civil Rights Voting Act of 1964. Uh, They've certainly had more integrity than they've had in a long time, but there's more to do. I remember when it was rock the vote and now it's like lock the vote. Make sure that no one can do it. it that's it. It's weird. It feels like we're reversing trend. Everyone was like, go out there and vote. Do your part. And then now we have one party. It's like, we're going to have a police force to make sure <laughs> yeah. they don't vote. Are they going to make sure I do vote? Oh, my goodness. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, going back a little bit to about, uh, to about what um, Ronnie Jackson said. Regarding undocumented immigrants being the ones who reap all the rewards of our wonderful healthcare system, the Kaiser Family Foundation found in 2019, 46% of undocumented immigrants were uninsured compared to just 9% 
of citizens. This is according to a quote from the group. They say, and people who are uninsured go with less health care. Quote, they face more barriers to accessing health care because of financial barriers. And even when undocumented people do have access to health uh, services, some are reluctant uh, to access them because of fear of uh, immigration consequences. Absolutely. As as Fernando said. So again, the last place, if you want to be, if you are one of those people that never wants to be around another illegal immigrant, <laughs> just go to every voting polling station. <laughs> just hang out by the courthouse. You'll never find anyone undocumented in a facility or in a situation where a pair of cuffs and a 10-minute walk and they're in the clink. If you want to run a social experiment about if they'll give illegal immigrants uh, help at a hospital, go to the hospital, don't give them your social security number, and watch them not provide you any service without proof of payment. That is it. Like, do where do you think where do you think these people are getting? I'm, I'm, I, it offends me that this is something I still have to even debate, Ben. Yep. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not debating it with you, but it it defends me that there's senators. And people still truly believing this lie. They, they know exactly what they're doing. Um, speaking of election fraud or election threats, a Texas man allegedly made election-related threats targeting government officials. He was arrested this past Friday. His name is Chad Stark. He's a 54-year-old resident of Leander, Texas. Mm. Uh, he was charged with one count of communicating interstate threats, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Now, according to a federal indictment, Stark posted a message on Craigslist that called on, quote, Georgia patriots to kill government officials, oh offering an apparent bounty of $10,000. Um, this is what the post said. It says, Georgia Patriots, it's time for us to take back our state from these lawless treasonous traitors. It's time to invoke our Second Amendment rights. It's time to put a bullet in their treasonous. This is him. It's time to put a bullet in their treasonous Chinese. And, then, and then he names an official, which is redacted. Then we work our way down to another official, the local and federal corrupt judges. That only gets you five. But if you vote illegally, you get up to 20. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that's what it comes to, again, voter suppression, voter repression, lack of voter rights. It's just this is a prime example. Chad Stark taking it upon himself to uh, call on other, quote, patriots. Nothing patriotic about killing election poll workers. Right. They're just our nanas. They're yes. just our grandpas. Have you <laughs> ever seen the people that yeah. work at these damn yeah. places? Doris and Dolores. Like, stop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And threatening to kill them is technically treasonous. You're it is. To, uh, you're trying to destroy the American representative democratic process, sir. I, I have a question about Chad Stark to propose to you both. Do you think he actually had $10,000 ahead? You never know. Some generational wealth people are that crazy. Last name Stark. Stark Enterprises. Marvel. That's not real. He might be broke. So he was just basically you're going to commit a crime for no money. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no one. You're never for Chad Stark as well. This also goes out to him. You're never finding an assassin. It's never an assassin. If you're on Craigslist, right. if you're on Twitter, if you're on Grinder, right. Parlor, <laughs> Truth, Chatter, whatever the frick the new one is, it's never an assassin. You're just talking to an FBI agent who is just like, got another one. Yeah. This is great. And then they got to treat you like a carp. 
pull you out of the water because you're an invasive species <laughs> and slam your head against a tree. Aww. That's what you do to carp. <laughs> Poor little carp. I know. I always kind of liked them, but you do brutally murder them mm. if you catch one. <laughs> uh, they're mean. Apparently, the other fish don't like them very much. All right. So that's where we're at on voter rights. So just to clarify this in three sentences, the idea that elections are being decided by illegal votes is completely untrue. Number two, the idea that undocumented people are so horny to vote that they would risk 20 years in prison and a $100,000 fine is ludicrous. And number three, real voter fraud is coming from within the House. Giuliani Mm -hmm. attempting to get fake electors, all of these people who are putting assassination coups out for uh, for election officials, trying to stop certifications from occurring, gerrymandering, redistricting, what Brian Kemp did in Georgia, all of those things. Voter suppression is real. Voter fraud is not. Mm. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit and talk about one of my predictions. Now, one of my predictions for 2022, not that I want it to come true. You're an oracle, Ben. You're an oracle. <laughs> oracle. Also, I did. it did make a lot of sense. I was. I watched something on, um, on The Matrix, hmm. and then they said, why did Neo take any pill at all? If he wanted to stay in The Matrix, then then you really wouldn't need a, a blue pill. Right. Oh, maybe because it erases. Doesn't it start his day over? Yeah, it starts his day over. But so then, he would have forgotten that. But he then would, he would have forgot Morpheus. Yeah, but oh. then that's good. Because then he wouldn't have inter- He would have stuck in the Matrix. He would have stayed in the episode. He wouldn't have broken that fourth wall. Mm. Well, okay. it's, it's almost like uh, the plot of this movie is flawed. <laughs> it could be. Wow. I would love to be a little baby in a sack. You know what's also flawed? The metaverse, man. The metaverse. Whoa. Thank you for that segue. And unlike the owner of Segway, you didn't drive it off a cliff. So, <laughs> formerly known as Facebook, the megaverse, the metaverse, rather, is having a mega problem when it comes to groping. Mm-hmm. Now, we have not yet seen a court case. We haven't seen anybody penalized for groping in the metaverse, but it is happening. Uh, this is a user. This is what they wrote on uh, Facebook. This is the official Horizon group. And this is quoted by The Verge. (laughs) They say sexual harassment is no joke on the regular Internet. But being in VR adds another layer that makes the event even more intense. They go on to say not only was I groped last night, but there were other people who were supporting this behavior, which made me feel isolated in the plaza. I don't know enough. (laughs) But and I'm not. Okay, okay. I'm sorry for laughing. No, it's good. I don't know how to have this conversation. <laughs> Is okay. Help me, people. Okay. 
Is right. this okay? So is this woman in this case? Also, you could have a your character doesn't necessarily have to be indicative of your own uh, orientation, right? Right. I so could, it could be a man, I guess. I could be made of butts. You could be all butts. Yeah. And then you get oh. groped. And it's like, just because I was wearing all butts doesn't yeah, mean you can grow me. Yeah, just made of butts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man. Okay. How traumatizing is this? Can someone, because ex- I don't live in the meta. I don't have an emotional relationship with my tools, such as Twitter mm-hmm. or Instagram. Because I had to stop it. Because once you give, once you start receiving adulation or love, then you have to receive hate and all of that right. backlash. Baby mm-hmm. with the bathwater. Exactly. Right. So I say, no, I cannot measure my happiness based on anything cyber related. Mm. That being said, you have this person who was groped all night <sighs> and then she feels isolated in the plaza. But what's the, what, Travis, is there a crime? Uh, metacrime. Metacrime. Do they need meta police? Well, uh, this is what Ron DeSantis should really are they talk voting about. In the meta I'm going to need some meta police to keep my meta times meta good. Thank you. This is different than real life. In real life, when someone comes up to you and is touching you, you have to physically remove them from you. You right? knock them out, shake yeah. them, stab yeah. them in the neck. That, so I understand in real life harassment and why you're trapped. But so in you like, think this is worse or better? No, no. I think in the, in the because in real life you can punch them in the freaking head. It's almost like on Twitter when someone says something super mean. It's like if you were at the bar and you said that to me, we'd be having some words, you right. know? Yeah. But here there is no on Twitter. You can block them. Why couldn't she block this individual? Why couldn't she immediately? Oh. Uh, 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 I mean, again, this is why the metaverse is supposed to be better because you're in control of this sounds like a freaking nightmare so apparently this chick is in vr right she's in this and she said she was surrounded by a group of male avatars who started taking pictures of her and she said one by one they began handing the photos to me the experience was awkward and i felt like a little bit like a specimen i don't just maybe going out maybe this will help people just go outside Maybe because it's not. It sounds like it sounds like she had a horrible time on the internet. Just go to. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm not victim shaming. Just no. I don't know know what. I don't know how to react. I mean, obviously, don't be an asshole in any in the metaverse, the real world, whatever. What do you do? Real. Don't don't be an asshole. I just. It's so crazy. This new world meta spokesperson Kristen Milan told Tech Review, "We will continue to improve our UI." I don't know what that means. User interface. There you go. And to better understand how people use our tools so our users are able to report things easily and reliably, our goal is to make Horizon Worlds safe, and we are committed to doing that work. But the big question is, will the tweaks or the UI tweaks really tackle the issues of unwanted advancement or harassment? This is uh, This is just an interesting new world that we're living in. And I don't know, I don't know why as soon as new technology comes out, the first thing that happens in our eight brains are like, how am I going to use this to come? <laughs> I mean, in the article, right. the, he said it themselves, the, the feedback that they get the most is that they need to make the blocking feature trivially easy and findable. Exactly. Just block them. Yeah, just block them. This is the metaverse. You don't have to. This is not real life. You don't have to stand at the bus stop with people you don't My like. My question is, block them. when does it become real life? <laughs> 
You know, we talked about what happened. I forget it was in Sweden or something like that, but someone was stealing a bunch of furniture from, I think it was Second Life at that time. Mm, they were stealing this person's right. furniture, right? But apparently they paid real money yeah, for said yeah, furniture. They're NFTs. They're, I guess so, right? Yes. Before that term even kind of existed. Yes. And so then they took him to court and the guy actually had to pay the other guy back a bunch of money because he stole a bunch of fake shit yeah. from his goddamn fake house. But it was real because it was real money. <laughs> yes. So when does it, when is virtual reality not virtual, and it just transitions into reality, aka into a courtroom, and someone's like, "Yes, he groped me," and then the I, I, or his avatar groped me. I, I, it's just really interesting. Uh, PlayStation inventor Ken Kutagari. 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 I love him. Uh, he says the metaverse is completely pointless. He hates it, and ah. he added that VR and AR headsets are simply annoying. I, I agree with him on that, but <laughs> yeah. I am not the tech guru, so I find them to be extremely annoying and kind of all encompassing, and almost um, gives me almost that feeling of being in a confined space. And mm-hmm. I have a phobia to that. That would be called right. claustrophobia. Yeah. It almost makes me feel claustrophobic. Wow. The other thing is just like uh, Facebook got immediately used for Russian bots trying to influence elections and all the boomers sharing uh, facts that were not real. When does that take over the metaverse? Because you're right. right, The the first thing technology we saw, I mean, like the very first moving pictures, they're like, oh, I can take pictures of naked people and charge people to watch them. And it's just like, that's how it goes with technology. So you're right. It It goes with sex first. Sex first and then racism with birth of a nation. It was like, we can see boobies, but (laughs) what do we do after we see boobies? (laughs) Exactly. So, wow, Ben, your your prediction has come true. but Not quite, because there's been no law. There's been no uh, tangible prosecution yet. And again, we don't know what that's going to look like. And if someone is more of a futurist thinker than me and in law, please let me know what you think is going to happen. I think I, I just don't know. I think it's no. going to go in the air on the side of uh, the companies. I mean, we can't really punish the user, maybe, but we can definitely tell the companies you need to can't you set get, more you safeguards get, in place. Can't you get in trouble for harassment if you just constantly text someone? Uh, yeah, of course. Or call them. Yes. So the so laws would that to, be similar then? So the laws have to catch up for sure. Our laws that, that we have in place are not caught up. But then to, I'm not going to try to get in trouble if I punch someone in the metaverse. Then don't be charged me with assault. What's the law going to say? Did you injure them? No. Well, then the, uh, what's the assault? How is it assault? Because I punched its stupid creature in the freaking head because it was annoying. <laughs> Versus, you know, her possible claim of emotional damage. So that's that's the only. Again, well, that's going to put an end to all. And the entire Internet should maybe be, if, if emotional damage is enough to uh, bring Ooh. somebody into a courtroom, the Internet's gone, which, uh, you know. And as that's, long as podcasting stays around. <laughs> that's yeah. what we have to address, though. Again, we have to work with the laws that are in place, and we have to make sure that the companies in charge of the metaverse and things like that are aligning with those laws. Laws are so rigid. I just don't. What sentence? What law? How do you phrase a law like this? I mean, we're not lawyers. Users must have the ability to block other users at all times. Well, we'll have to get a lawyer right. on here. We'll yeah. have to get somebody who's smarter in law but then sometimes you know lawyers sometimes they stutter and sweat all the time too (laughs) (laughs) but we do love them all right and just lastly in technology um in texas they are going to have the first self-driving trucks a giant 18-wheeler transport truck is now going to be able to be driven 
with GPS cameras and antennas to monitor and communicate. Uh, this is according to Pierre-Francois Lafoy. He's a trucking partner, development manager at Waymo. That's the self-driving unit at Google's parent company, Alphabet. They say, each time we drive a mile or a kilometer in real life, we re-simulate a thousand more times on the computer by changing hundreds of parameters. So why is Texas the first state to try this? Because apparently its sunny climate is great for the truck sensors and Mm. neighboring Mexico exports 85% of its good to Texas by road. So there you go. If you're a trucker, the beginning of the end is now. Self-driving <laughs> trucks are here. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, we saw that story about the trucker who got it kind of out of control there and ended up killing a bunch of people. Maybe this will make things safer. But then we also have that one case where, what was it, Uber? The dude had his car on self-drive with a, it was a, no, he was with a, a te- Tesla. Yeah, he was a Tesla. I'm sorry, with Tesla. And the dude had his car on self-drive, but then... It ran a red light and killed a couple. Yeah, so that wasn't good. So question, when this this truck undoubtedly has an accident and possibly kills people on the road, who will be charged? Will the company in charge of... Exactly, throwing it back to what we were just talking about with the metaverse. Is Is the company responsible for what happens on their platform is the company responsible for what their robots do yep well either way there's going to be a lot of people asking that question if that does happen and they'll say where are the people maybe we need to get tangible truckers back in the seats there are 294,000 trucking jobs that are going to be threatened because of automation julio Hmm. moscoso he says he's a 56 year old texas truck driver he says this is not good news uh he goes on to say uh there were not many trucking jobs available And uh, he recalls the time of the past two years when there wasn't much work at all. And most importantly, Mascasso says he wouldn't trust driverless trucks. He says, quote, it's dangerous. What happens if the sensors fail? My questions. Exactly. The times they are a changing indeed. That Tesla driver was charged with vehicular manslaughter after running that red light on autopilot. So it's going to be interesting as to, I mean, the Tesla it's a clear example of if you're behind the wheel of a car, regardless of the car is on autopilot, in my opinion, you should be in control of that vehicle. And thus, you should be aware that same well, as if a pilot crashes a plane, most planes now are flown through automation, through AI. But if the plane crashes, they check, hey, was the pilot doing their job? This mm-hmm. is a car. This is a car being driven by a person. Is the pilot of the car doing their job? Is the pilot doing his job or is he pulling a tubing? But when they're looking no at smut. But when there's no pilot, Ben, what happens? I'm scared. I'm worried. It'll be like a horror movie. Just like the metaverse getting used for sex. That's probably truck driver's first reaction is oh, my truck's gonna drive itself. And I'm going to pull up some good Jeffrey Tubin porn. Sweet <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin looking at porn. That's my porn. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, speaking of total shitheads, just briefly here, anti-government militia uh, leader. His name is Elmert Stewart Rhodes III. Um, he looks like you might think he's got a, he's got a patch over his eye. Not sure why. Um, But anyway, he's part of the Oath Keepers. Now, the Oath Keepers are a bunch of batshit, lonely dudes who do dumb shit. A federal grand jury has indicted him on 11 individual charges on seditious conspiracy and other charges for their alleged involvement of the breach of the Capitol on January 6th. So that continues to go forward slowly but surely. 
One interesting thing about this guy with who is, again, the head of the Oath Keepers um, and take it with a grain of salt. But this could lead to further arrests again. Bernie Carrick, mm. you know, Giuliani, those people mm. who are also complicit. If there's any interaction with them and him, perhaps that'll lead to something. But we shall see. Um, either way, this man is a complete and utter scumbag. And uh, I do not give a shit what happens to him um, because he has decided that his freedom matters more than our freedom. And as I've always said, the don't tread on me flag needs the addendum and I won't tread on you. And this man is the definition of treading on others. So he can go fuck himself and whatever happens to him is well deserved. All right. And just lastly, when we talk about the COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. this is an interesting story because we hear a lot. There's a lot of people who are taking case studies and extrapolating them as like, wow, this means that that is 100% true 100% of the time. My balls there, exploded. My, my penis balls exploded. Well, there was a person who <laughs> he said his penis shrunk 1.5 inches. Right. Whoa. So now his penis is? Negative? One inch. <laughs> One inch at a 2.5 or very good healthy man. But a lot of times it's placebo effects. This is, this is kind of an interesting study. Two thirds of the corona jab reactions were caused by placebo Um, More than two-thirds of the common side effects people experience after the coronavirus can be attributed to a negative version of the placebo effect rather than the vaccine itself. Scientists at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, that's BIDMC, (laughs) it's in Boston, it examined data from 12 clinical trials of COVID vaccines and found that the nocebo effect accounted for 76% of all common adverse reactions uh, after the first dose and nearly 52% after the second. So the findings were published in the JAMA Network Open. They suggest that a large portion of the milder side effects, such as headaches, short-term fatigue, and arm pain, are not produced by the vaccine itself, but by other factors thought to generate the nocebo response, such as anxiety. Mm. Uh, So this is interesting. We're still finding out so much. As we live in this experiment real time, according to Julia W. Haas, Ph.D., an investigator in the program in placebo studies, they say adverse events after placebo treatments are common in randomized control trials. Collecting systemic evidence regarding those nocebo responses in vaccine trials is important for COVID-19 vaccinations worldwide, especially because concern about side effects is reported to be a reason for vaccine hesitancy. Hmm. So if you are you know, on the fence and you're still like, I don't know about uh, the vaccine. And again, you talk about following the money and do these people have their best, our best interest in mind. We can learn from meatloaf. The vaccine is good. Mm-hmm. Take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, meatloaf should still be with us. And it's sad. I'm mean, again, he had the right to not if he didn't want to, but it would have been nice if we could still see the old loaf around in his sweatpants or on a VHN reality show. And this <laughs> hit home to me as well. Um, personally, because I just got a text from my uh, my parents, their friend, Bonnie, fantastic. I grew up with Bonnie. She was very sweet. Mm. She was a large woman, and I used to cling to her bosom. I was a child then. <laughs> I it did. was okay to do that. Yes, she was great. <laughs> the monster. Well, apparently she didn't get the vaccine, and now she's in the hospital, and it, it, she's way sick. Mm. And um, 
you just have to be freaking careful out there. When you hear Candace Owens talk about all the side effects that mm. the people on the blogs and forums that right. she reads have, have experienced. Again, a lot of that is psychosomatic, psychosomatic. And now we're finding a lot of that is just based on a placebo. So hmm. don't, uh, don't politicize this stuff. Again, I don't give a shit what you do, but you know, you know us on this show. We're not going to force you to do anything, but it only makes sense unless you want to go be with the loaf to just get that goddamn vaccine. We've done it our whole lives. It's okay. All right. And just lastly, um, anti-vaccine activists have been reveling in their pandemic success. They are apparently going to have a D.C. rally against mandates. Mm. I don't know why they're doing this now, because as we talked about on the last episode, the Supreme Court shut down mandates or shot down the right. Biden administration mandates, except for on health care uh, workers. I did get a lot of DMs from healthcare workers. They're like, yeah, we've been they've been having they have vaccine mandates for everything. Yeah. It's like polio right. and all yeah, that. So they, they're like, you know, them. for us, it's really not that big of a mm-hmm. deal. And then other people um, agreeing with me and then some people not agreeing with me. And that's also fine. Hmm. But uh, anti-vaccine activists, they're going to uh, go to the Lincoln Memorial this Sunday and then they're going to have an anti-vax rally. It uh, doesn't seem like the the safest thing to do, but uh, no, you know, they'll get together. Yeah. They'll have their fun. You see a lot of signs of vaccines kill again and all that stuff. And it's just not true. And it's unfortunate, again, that people have such distrust in our establishments that uh, that they refuse to take something that might that might save their life. Mm. I'd call it the Facebook SIBO effect. It could be. Wow. Well, you know who is going to be there? The red M&M. And he's going to be telling his anti-vax <laughs> lies. That's why the orange M&M <laughs> has anxiety, because he got that vaccine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so they say this anti-vaccine movement is going to be the size of the March of Life rally, March 4 Life rally. I had a chance to go to one of those when I was a child. I went to many of them. Mm. We had uh, one of those cars. We had a station wagon, and it had a bunch of aborted fetuses on the side of it on a sticker yeah. and stickers for them. <laughs> no, they were magnets. Oh, <laughs> wow. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I was like, wow, I wonder why I have such a dark sense of humor. Because yeah. I grew up <laughs> surrounded by little tore apart fetuses. Isn't that exciting? So the March for Life, that'll be uh this might be the size of that. Um, this is according to Joe Smizer. He's the chief executive of the Public Goods Project. He says, our worst worries have been manifested. These fringe ideas are no longer fringe ideas. The anti-vax movement has become mainstream. And again, I do blame some mandates for that because I think, again, the the people who see mandates and are just like immediately going to rubber band or, you know, mm-hmm. spring away from it. That was one of the, one of the reasons perhaps why they did not get vaccinated. And of course you can do whatever you want with your own body, but just be aware that um, it's going to be in your best interest to get the prick and go on with life. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a longtime act, uh, anti-vaccine activist. He's going to speak at the march. But he has such a horrible voice, doesn't he? He <laughs> seems like he's about to die all the time. He's got weak Kennedy blood. He's got weak DNA. <laughs> also, any, any Kennedy should be very careful when they go to D.C. I, uh, just <laughs> be careful there, pal. Just watch Dallas, <laughs> planes, you know, all of them. Yeah. Hotels in L.A., all of it. Yeah, there you go. All right, everyone. I think that's I think that's enough for today. That was a good one. 
That was oh, that. Take it from us. That was a good one. It was a nice mixed bag, if you will. <laughs> mixed bag, oh, just like a bag of M and M's. Whoa! Unique, my friend. No, so inclusive. I wish that there was a tall M and M. Yeah, they're called peanut M and M's. Don't they're you taller. do that. I they're want a six hundred pound M M&M. and M. Ooh, that would be yeah, fun. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fernando, you can't come into work today. He's too busy having sex with a six hundred pound M and M. Oh, my God. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. We'll keep on giving you the news the best we can here at Abe Lincoln Stop It. Okay. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you all soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.